Welcome to Patreon show number three, where we have questions from the patrons and uh, it's available on the YouTube channel. As always, if you want to get your questions into the show, you have to sign up for the Patreon, which I would suggest uh, everyone take a look at. It's um, it's really great. And the link is in the uh, the bottom and the comments. But, you know, let's not waste any more time on that. Let's get into the questions. So the first question, and I thank everyone who submitted these as well. Um, what would you mit- uh, recommend for a team with solid starting squad but not much depth? Well, as you know, there's injuries, bye weeks, and all that during the season. So if you have a solid starting squad but not much depth, I worry that you're not a true contender. I would take a look at your starting squad, see how good it really is. If it's really good, you could buy some depth pieces. Uh, but if it's not, then maybe it's more of a rebuild than you're thinking. So you kind of have to take a look at exactly what your team is. I don't have you know, an overarching strategy, but I would say you know, just evaluate your team and you need depth. Depth wins titles. Stars win titles too, but depth is important. You're not going to win a title without it. What would be the best landing spot for Anthony Richardson? Uh, do you see a scenario where he can be your 104 or higher in Superflex? Well, he already is the 104, so that's easy. Uh, right now, I have him at 104. I have uh, Bijan at one, Bryce Young at two, CJ Stroud at three, and Anthony Richardson at four. Uh, I would say for him to go higher than that, I'd like to see him get the draft capital that says he should get higher than that. If Carolina picks him number one overall, he would be my 102 for sure. Uh, But as long as he's in the top 10, I believe he'll be my 104. He really showed out at the combine. People say, oh, don't double count it. But it's not double counting. He wasn't just good. He wasn't just good. We knew he'd be athletic. He was exceptional. Exceptional. I don't think people had it factored in that he would be this good and good in the interview. Good NFL teams really liked him coming out of the combine. We didn't have, not all of that was priced in. He's my 104 for now. If he gets a really good landing spot, he could go up to 102 or 103, depending, of course, on where Young and CJ Stroud go as well. Those those three are kind of in a competition for two, three, and four for now. Uh, and as for the best landing spot, well, Houston's not bad. I mean, Houston's not bad. They just signed Robert Woods. They could pick a wide receiver at 12 overall. Carolina's a bare cupboard. I mean, he could go there. I don't I don't love that one. Uh, Vegas, I mean, you'd have Devontae Adams. Uh, Detroit would be nice. It's a good team that's building. You could sit behind Jared Goff for a year. Seattle has two good wide receivers. You could sit behind Geno Smith for a year. I do think Anthony Richardson is not ready to play week one. So, you know, one of those two spots is good. A team that has a lot of weapons. Carolina would be would be rough. Indianapolis is not the end of the world, but they need someone beyond Michael Pittman. Advice on owning the 101. Okay, I have in seven of 11 leagues. Well, that could be good. It could be bad. Some are ready to compete and some are not. Would you advise selling the 101 in leagues not ready to compete for more capital or hold? No matter what, I would advise putting the 101 on the block because I've seen some ridiculous returns from the 101. Things like Waddle plus a lot or AJ Brown plus a lot, CD Lamb plus. I've seen things like that. So I'll put it on the block no matter where you are. Uh, so yeah, put it on the block and see what you can get. You always want to explore all avenues. And I don't think Bijan Robinson is going to be worth that much more later. So I'm willing to take a great offer now. I don't, I don't want to wait. You don't want to. The enemy of good is better. You know, the enemy of good is better. If you have something you really like, don't wait for a month later. Maybe there's something good, maybe not. I would take it now. Uh, and some of those offers I described, I've seen, you know, the 103 and a 24 first and something else. That's another thing you could do. There's many, many options. You helped me immensely in my rebuild, but what am I doing with 
I love this question. What am I doing with all these picks in 25-man rosters? Two, four firsts, four seconds, four thirds, and one fourth. Consolidate. I mean, you got to consolidate. Use those picks to trade up or do what I often do and try to trade a 23-second and something for a 24-first. That, that, Dynasty managers have gotten past that one. That one doesn't work as well anymore. It used to be easy. Now it's not. The easier thing, though, you can still do is trade 23-third uh, and something for a 24-second. That's usually the move, consolidation move you can do. So I would look to do that. Consolidate, trade up, do whatever you need to do, but make consolidation trades. And if you have any specific ideas, always send them to me. But you want to consolidate uh, in order to get your roster under the limit. And trading to 2024 or even 2025 can be a way to do that. Any players we're more worried about or more excited about after the combine? Well, excited, Anthony Richardson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. I mean, they had great combines, Richardson especially. Uh, outside of that, I mean, those were, those were the two big... Win. I mean, they were already great, but those were two big winners. Marvin Mims was a big winner, I think. You know, he's really uh, gotten himself in that higher tier. Uh, in terms of a concern, a Keishon Boutte. I mean, Keishon Boutte, uh, he's not going to go. This is another Justin Ross to me. I don't think Keishon, not that he's going to be undrafted, but I don't think Keishon Boutte goes on day two. I think Keishon Boutte goes on day three. So uh, he is kind of off my board. Uh, he was the biggest loser at the Combine. Um. In terms of other, I mean, yeah, he he was really the one who just kind of fell off the map. Obviously, Jordan Addison did not have, he lost his claim to wide receiver one. Now he's fighting between him and Quentin Johnston for two and three. Um, so he's someone who fell a little bit. But other than that, I think most people had a pretty good combine. Most people, uh, oh, and if you want one more winner, uh, Zach Kuntz, uh, tight end Old Dominion. He was, I never even heard of him. And he's now on my radar. Just another player to be excited about. But yeah, Jordan Addison is, is a big loser, but Keishon Boutte is just dead in the water. And every other quarterback, um, Hendon Hooker, you know, he wasn't going to do anything. Stetson Bennett actually had a good day, but all these other quarterbacks, Tanner McKee, Jaron Hall, Jay Kaner, Max Duggan, they all suck. They all suck. So we don't we don't want any of those players. But Stetson Bennett put his claim in for QB6. Uh, in the class, he actually had a good combat, but all the others, those other quarterbacks I mentioned, they they did not uh, impress me. Did not impress me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, m- most overall, I'd say most players had a good combine. It was a good combine for their value. But Keishon Boutte, that's the one major, major downgrade for team potentially set up for a big year with a good bit of first round draft. Oh, okay, that's always good where you want to be. What kind of moves would be most beneficial? Well. Uh, you want to put the first round picks on the block, kind of like what we said about the one-on-one question and see what you can get. If you can get something like Garrett Wilson plus in the right offer or something along those lines, Chris Olave or anything like that, you want to do that. There's always hype around first round picks and sometimes you can trade them for more than they're worth. Uh, so you always have to be open to all moves, you know, don't shut off any avenues. But there's also nothing wrong if you don't get the office you like about making the picks. You want to add young, talented players to a squad that's good already. That sounds like a good thing. So no problem with that. After the combine with uh, Anthony Richardson stocks going up, JSN and Gibbs are a tier by themselves. Yeah, I would say that really in a super flex, Bijan Robinson is locked in as the 101 still. He, he's still a good bit ahead of the quarterbacks. Young, Stroud, and Richardson are all similar in value. That's a tier for me. Then JSN and Gibbs are a tier uh, to themselves. They're, they're the clear five and six. I think they themselves are close. If Gibbs goes in the first round, I might lean his way. If he does not, I'll probably lean toward JSN at, at five. And then after that, the, the next tier is, 
Addison, Johnston, Levis, and then maybe a running back will work his way in there. Charbonnet, A-Chain are the two if they get the capital or a, and, and a landing spot. We like in the second round, I want to see second round, not third, second round. They could work their way in that tier as well. Uh, but JSN and Gibbs, to me, ha- have supplanted the others and are in there at five and six. Um, and then, yeah, to, to mix in with this, do I think it becomes harder to trade back? No, I don't think so, because I, I think a lot of the best offers for the 101 are not trading into this class at all. You're looking at 2024 first and something else, C.D. Lamb and something else, you know, a, potentially another quarterback like Kyler Murray. You could probably get a lot. Kyler Murray in 24 first, you could probably get for the 101. Something like that. Those are usually the deals. It's not usually trading back to 105 or 106. It can be, but it, it usually is not. Huh. The standard of player in Superflex Dynasty is becoming better and better each year, and it's harder to gain values of future. Okay, yeah. Uh, this is saying that Dynasty managers have become smarter. I agree with that. The things, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, the moves that you could do in the past, those old moves, oh, trade the 201 for a 24 first. Yes, you can do that in some leagues, minimal leagues, not many. Used to be able to do that in every league. You cannot do that anymore. The average dynasty manager is much smarter because they're listening to content like this show or other shows. There's so many shows, not just me. The average dynasty manager is smarter. So you have to work harder, work harder. If you can't, Outsmart people, you can outwork them. You can outoffer them. And one trick I like to use, and people hate this. They hate when I give this advice because I'm telling you to be annoying. But if you just send people a lot of offers, a lot of them, I don't care. It takes 20 offers, 30 offers, whatever it is, many offers. People suffer from something called decision fatigue. If you just wear them down, keep hammering them, eventually you will get what you want. You will get what you want. It will work, I promise you. I promise you. Uh, so, so keep hammering. Don't give up. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Any major sells before free agency hits? So a sell would be someone that you would expect free agency to hurt their value. Um, if we look at that, uh, Isaiah Pacheco for me, the Chiefs have been clearly linked to David Montgomery uh, and I with Matt Nagy connection. I think that could easily happen. Isaiah Pacheco is someone I think the Chiefs are going to bring in some sort of veteran. Uh, they haven't re-signed Jarek McKinnon yet, which makes me even more think that they're going to bring in some sort of veteran. So Isaiah Pacheco is top of my list. Um, he's like the big one. I have some slight concerns about Tyler Algier, but I'm I'm more worried about the draft for him. Uh, but yeah, Isaiah Pacheco is is the big one. Um, and Javante Williams. Javante Williams has been a sell for me the whole time. He's not going to play week one. He can say it as much as he wants. I mean, he can say it. Those are words, but that is not going to happen. He, he's more likely to miss 10 weeks than he is to play week one. And, and the Broncos could sign another running back. DeAndre Swift, potentially, uh, they could bring in someone else. Um, in terms of wide receivers, the wide receiver free agent market is so thin that I'm not too worried about the wide receivers being sold for free during free agency. I mean, Jacoby Myers, I don't know if he's even good enough to move. Like, if Jacoby Myers signed on the Packers, is it really going to affect your value of Christian Watson that much? Probably not. You know, so yeah, I, I would say uh, Isaiah Pacheco is my biggest name. Uh, Joe Mixon, just because he could be cut uh, and then not get as good of a job elsewhere. Dalvin Cook, same reason. Rashad White, I, I do think Tampa Bay is going to explore another option, but it could be in the draft, not in free agency. 
Uh, James Cook, I really, really do not think they're going to go in with the James Cook show next year. But again, that could be the draft. Uh, there are a lot of running back free agents. Also, I would say a lot of the running back free agents are probably not going to be as, uh, not get the landing spots we want. Um, you know, you might want to even sell them while there's still hope, like Damian Harris or Alexander Madison. I think these are going to be more backups. But some people have hope for them hitting free agency. So that's that's a decent uh, list. And Dalton Schultz. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to like whatever the landing spot is. What do you think the Panthers' uh, front office plans are after the trade for pick number one? How will they rebuild the offense? I talked about this for uh, 60 minutes yesterday on the, uh, the live stream with Ryan and Patrick. And I suggest everyone watch that. However, you know, it's, it's clear that the Panthers are not going to be very good. You know, they have a second and a third and a fourth round pick. They have decent draft capital. Like, they still have the pick... Uh, Quarterback at one, probably a wide receiver at 40 overall. And then they have a pick in the third and two in the fourth. They still have nothing at running back, nothing at tight end, really. I think that, honestly, the Panthers are tanking. All of the bad salary cap is going to hit from the DJ Moore trade and then other things in 2023. This is not going to be able to field a competitive team in 2023. The goal for 2023 is to make Bryce Young or CJ Stroud have a good developmental season, but they are not ready but all the money comes off the books after 2023. They're going to have a lot of cap space in 2024. Kind of looking a little bit like the Bears, you know, were going into this year. You just know it's not going to be good this year. It's just not. They're not going to be able to field a competitive roster. They just are not going to be able to. But they're setting themselves up for, you know, their second year of their rookie quarterback in 2024 and beyond. And then they can do anything. You know, teams are not bad forever. But I will say... Assuming they draft Young or Stroud, and I guess it's going to be Stroud. I'm not going to have interest in Stroud in like a redraft league for 2023. I don't think it's going to go very well. But in Dynasty, I'll be in and I'll be buying low if uh, people write off whoever goes there after year one. Because I can tell you it's going to be bad. Uh, okay, this is actually an interesting question. Do you think we could see interest in Lamar Jackson pick up after the NFL draft? I believe the trade compensation becomes a 24 and 25 first half draft. So... Lamar Jackson signed the non-exclusive uh, franchise tender, which means that any team could offer two first-round draft picks uh, and sign him to an offer sheet, which the Ravens would have five days to match uh, or not. And if the Ravens do not match, they get two first-round picks. Luke is correct in that the compensation becomes 24 and 25 first after the draft. I do think it's possible. I don't think anyone's going to put the tender on him before the draft. There's too much going on with free agency. Uh, but if a team is really desperate and has the salary cap space after the draft, I, and strike out on a quarterback, I could see a team doing it for 24 and 25 firsts. Um, Washington, Atlanta, if they strike out on quarterback, would be two of the teams at the top of my list. They said they're not interested now, but they could be interested later. Uh, so, so those would be the teams that I think might be interested in Lamar. Uh, yeah, we'll have to see. I do think the most likely scenario... Um, is that he remains with the Ravens. And yeah, this uh, we talked about this. We talked about this uh, just now. And then uh, it has been talked about, but not as much in the mainstream conversation. I do think teams would prefer to give 24 and 25 first over their 23 and 24. So it maybe the market for him will pick up after the draft. And also then everything is kind of settled in and you know what kind of team you have. So you can kind of see. Um, but yeah, the Falcons, are they really the team that makes sense, to be honest with you? Um, let's see. That is, uh, that's all the questions. So I just, this is a shorter show because I did a whole live stream yesterday and it's, uh, you know, it's other things, but I appreciate everyone who watched. 
try to jump into the questions, get this show done really quick. Uh, I will put the link to my Patreon in the, uh, you know, in the chat at the, the comments at the bottom. And then I'll also put it up as kind of like a, a title card on the show screen at some point. Uh, so you should be able to see that. And yeah, uh, I will have coverage of the free agency tampering period, Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And uh, yeah, I will see you all later. Thanks for watching and peace.